0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. When you see a problem in this world, you've got to ask yourself, is there a spiritual issue at the root of it? And then if there is, then you need to go at that spiritual problem whenever you get it identified with an actual spiritual solution. That's again why we gather, because then we can come together and you can fight that battle with prayer. You can fight the battle with praise. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. In this series, Pastor Philip will be teaching us that the world we live in is not a playground, but it is a battleground. That battle does not take place against forces we can see, but with forces that are unseen. As we become more in tune with this battle, we will understand how spiritual warfare impacts our soul, family, church, and culture. Most importantly, we will learn how to claim the victory that God has already won for us in Jesus. Please enjoy the message. The third front is the church front. The Bible describes the church, the body of Christ, as a body, as a body. But one of his most effective, certainly one of his most aggressive strategies is to divide us. And we get divided over so many ridiculous things. And I I won't digress into last week's message, would encourage you to check that out if you didn't get a chance to. But we often get divided over not moral issues, okay, not, um, I don't know, I mean, not some financial indiscretion, something along those lines. We get divided over our preferences, and it's like this, it's like a finger or some other part of your body literally being amputated from you. Now that part of the body is essentially dead, it's completely ineffective, and then the body is less effective. And that's what Satan is doing, he just wants to divide his church. He wants to divide the church. The fourth front is this, is it's the societal front. The societal front is more of what you see in the headlines. It's again, it's happening there, but it's not happening here. You'll read about it. So you read about border issues. Maybe you read about uh, something happening in a downtown urban area like Denver or New York City or Los Angeles, but it's happening there. It's not happening here. But eventually, you know, though, you know that if you neglect whatever it is that's going on, if you don't pay attention to it or try to have some level of positive influence on it or at least at least, at the very least, you got to take it serious. If you don't do that, you know that what's happening there will eventually happen here. And Satan's doing things in all these different spaces. And what is he going to do as a, as a result of that? What has his strategy been? Well, that's the thing many of us don't know. You see, whenever it comes to having an opponent, there's something that we all... Whenever it comes to having an opponent in sports, like I, I played basketball in high school and college, and every coach I had before a game, he would give us what's known as a scouting report. And that scouting report that we were given, it had different tendencies of players, stats of players, height of player, uh, position of the player, who was going to guard that particular player. And then there would even be plays that would get drawn out for us. I can still remember now getting one of those reports in high school. We had it. We played against a team that had a really good player on the team. And it just so happened that I ended up having to guard this particular player at a point in the game. And in the scouting report, and we even watched the video, you would see this guy, he would pass to the wing, he would cut through the middle, and he was so sneaky. He would try to fake like he was going this way, and then he would go that way, then he would come off a pick, and he'd come out and get the ball and shoot it. And he, he was good, and it generally worked. And it would have worked, except I saw the scouting report. And he, sure enough, he did the same thing I just described to you. Passed, cut through the middle, acted like he was gonna go off of a post screen over this way, went the other direction, and I knew exactly what he was gonna do because I saw it in the video, I saw it written up on the diagram, and I ran right off his numbers. As soon as he got the ball, he turns, and he was so surprised because he didn't have a shot. It wasn't because I was this great defensive player, it was because I had the report. I knew what the guy was gonna do, and so I knew how to respond to it. And so rather than me me being neutralized by a pick, I neutralized him, and he had to get the ball and just get rid of it. He couldn't do anything with it. And that's what, I think that that's the thing that Christians don't realize, that you have so much victory in Christ that you could actually neutralize Satan, that you could make his impact in this world indifferent, that if you were to focus more on God, like as we'll read in a few moments, he will actually flee from you. And so what is it that he's trying to do to us? There's two things. There's two things. The first is this is that Satan wants us to fix spiritual problems he creates with worldly solutions that we create. So you think about whatever problem it is in the world and you think about all the solutions that we put towards those things. Often at the root of them is a spiritual issue. For example, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Well, why not? Because the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, lit, they have a divine power to demolish strongholds. He's telling us here that when you see a problem in this world, you've got to ask yourself, is there a spiritual issue at the root of it? And then if there is, then you need to go at that spiritual problem whenever you get it identified with an actual spiritual solution. That's again why we gather, because then we can come together and you can fight that battle. With prayer we'll have a couple people for you available after the sermon just to pray with you you can fight the battle with praise we just sang a song a moment ago that spoke of I am surrounded not by the enemy but by you God I'm gonna sing of you the blood of the lamb why do we sing these praises it's not just to think about ourselves or to think about whatever we're gonna eat for lunch or to just kind of go through the motions. We're doing that to, to celebrate the victory that is in Jesus. It's by digging into his word and knowing his promises. You have prayer, praise, and promises. And so we wanna uh, resolve these problems, these problems in our world with uh, worldly solutions that are actually spiritual problems. So like think about poverty, for example. And there, I, I don't want to exactly drill too deep into that, but here's what I would point out. We have, we have over the last 50 years, you can look at different areas in our, in our country, and what's so intriguing to me about poverty is that the same areas are poor. Doesn't matter if a Democrat's elected, doesn't matter if a Republican's elected, the same areas are poor. More support, more welfare, It doesn't matter. Different legislation, the same areas are poor. So clearly, clearly we don't have just a worldly problem there. There's got to be a spiritual issue. Now what that particular is for each one of those individual families can vary. It can be different, but there's definitely not a worldly solution to some of those problems. They need the Lord. Education, gosh, we've thrown so much stuff at education in our world today. What is going on with that? Well, I I mean, it's hard to know exactly, but again, I would come back to whenever you see that for decades we've been throwing these worldly solutions at problems and those problems aren't getting fixed, clearly there's something spiritual going on there. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 1030 AM. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. The second strategy that Satan wants to do and utilize against us is this. Is Satan's primary influences, primarily influences us internally, not externally. And that's important to realize because we want to focus on situations, circumstances, people. But his influence on us primarily is what's happening inside of us. I talked to you last week about your heart, but we also got to recognize your mind is a big part of that. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 10. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up. And I want to focus on that word, set itself up, because that idea there is like a wall that's getting put up against the knowledge of God. And that wall is keeping the knowledge of God from getting into these sanctified areas of your life. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what he is teaching us here is that Satan's primary focus is going to be on your mind and not the circumstances or situations that are happening around you. Let me show you this diagram here. You have a picture of a sinfully natured mind apart from Christ, that's that picture. Well, then you have the godly nature, which is a new creation in Christ, that your mind is renewed, and we ought to do that every single day as Christians. You renew your mind every single day, Romans 12, verse one. There's that godly nature that comes upon you as you are redeemed in Christ, but here's what Satan wants to do is he's setting up a stronghold in that godly-natured mind of yours. And what he wants to do is keep the knowledge of God from getting into that space. And so what's your stronghold? What is it that he is trying to leverage against you? Maybe it is maybe it's bitterness because you were hurt. Someone hurt you. And you have a hard time letting those feelings go. And they grow and they fester. And Satan's got a stronghold right there. And no matter how much you hear about me saying, God has forgiven you, man, you ought to forgive other people. That he has displayed a love for you that is unconditional. And I know that person doesn't deserve it. But you didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it either. No matter how much you hear that, it doesn't, there's a stronghold there. Or you've got some addiction and, and it's just that thought. Satan puts that thought there. It's a thought of taking another drink, of taking another look. It's a thought of sending another message, making that inappropriate joke, just keeping it going. You just keep it going. And you know that you probably shouldn't do it. Truth be told, you shouldn't do it. But there is like, there's just this wall that you can't quite break down and get through because he's got, he's got a hold of you right there. And you know what this is? This is a double-minded person. And I would, I would imagine that this side of heaven, every single one of us has a stronghold like that in our minds. Now, some are bigger than others, but we got that. And this is what the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. It says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because we ask. We ask for things, whatever they are. And we want God's will, we want God's wisdom, we want his direction. They says you must believe and not doubt, because the one that doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why is that? Because such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Why is it that Christians are so confused? Why are we so mixed up? It's because we're double-minded. We've got this stronghold in us. We haven't allowed God's truth to grab a hold of us and to consume us and to control us and to guide us like it ought to. And so we're asking for things that aren't really in line with God's will. And we aren't really sure why we're not getting them. And we're frustrated. And maybe even we're losing faith. Maybe our faith is just hanging by a thread. And God is saying, no, no, you're just off base. Because he, the enemy, is influencing you more than I am. And so how do these get broken down? How does that stronghold get taken down so that way the enemy doesn't get that foothold in your life? Well, the first is this is that you have to trump your first thought with God's truth. You cannot control what your first thought is. But you can control what the second one is. You'll never be able to totally take away the thought that you are weak that you are unlovable because sometimes those are just going to creep in. But what you respond to that truth with, you can absolutely control. When you came in today, you were given a card and if you didn't happen to get one of these, I'd encourage you to pick one up on your way out. And on this card is a list of lies that the enemy wants you to perpetuate in your mind for that, for there to be a stronghold there for this particular issue. And next to that lie if you really want to overcome that lie, because that's a spiritual problem, you've got to have a spiritual solution. And that spiritual solution is going to be God's promise for you. So for, so for example, maybe, you, maybe you've been told by the enemy that you are unlovable to God and to others. But Jeremiah 31 says that God loves you with an everlasting love. Maybe you've got caught up in your mind that you can't be used by God because of your past. But Romans 8, verse 1 and 2 says that God has blotted out the sins of your past. Maybe at times you feel like you are worthless and irrelevant. Deuteronomy 7 says that you are a treasure. Maybe you feel like you are rejected and abandoned. And, that, and the devil really wants that one to, hang, to, to go deep into your heart, into your mind, into your life. But Ephesians 1 says that you've been adopted into God's family. Maybe the enemy wants you to believe that you're deficient, that you're incomplete. But in God, you are whole. You are complete, according to Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. Maybe you feel like you're alone and no one cares about you. Well, God has never stopped caring about you, according to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Maybe you feel like in life you don't have purpose But Jeremiah 29 says that God has a great plan for you. And maybe you feel like you're ordinary and you're average, but in Christ you're extraordinary and you're unique. Psalm 139, verse 14. And when you allow his truth to trump that thought, it is a true trump card, and the devil will absolutely flee from you. And wouldn't it just be amazing if just for one day, one day, every time some of those thoughts came into your mind for just one day, instead of continuing to let that bitterness grow and to fester, instead of continuing to allow that, that, that lustful thought to just, ex- uh, you know, mentastasize in you, instead of a continuing to explore in your head what, that, what it would be like to, conti- to have that addiction be experienced, instead of doing that, you just said, you know what, I'm going to take God's truth and I'm going to trump that. It'll be one of the best days of your life. I unfortunately, I wish I could look at you and say, I've had more of those days than I have, than I have not. But the truth is, is I can probably only say I've only had a few. I wish I would allow God's truth to really trump those things to grab a hold of me. But every time I do allow that to actually happen and I actually discipline myself to put his promise over whatever temptation or whatever it is that stronghold is, man, my life is so much better. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, We want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. The second thing is this, and I'll leave you with this, is that you got to get to the root of the problem. I've told you all this before, um, that you don't ever want to have me do landscaping for you. If you want me to pull weeds, I'll come pull your weeds and I'll be happy to do it, but I won't do a good job. I'm just terrible at getting to the root because if you don't, if you don't get the root, then you really don't get the problem. And even for me personally, as I've been thinking through some of this material and just just where I'm at in general is I've been I was wrestling with sort of an issue and I was trying to get to somewhat of the root of that issue. And the issue was simply I just have a tendency to want to always provide for myself. I want to be the one that controls the situation. I want to be the one that makes it happen. And And I just thought to myself, why do I, why is that? Why do I feel that way? And I can apply it into a variety of different areas of my life, but why do I feel that way? And the reason is, is because I don't have faith that God is going to provide for me. Or I don't have faith that God is actually going to give me what it is I feel like I need. And so therefore, I have to make it happen. I have to control it often even do things I shouldn't do or say things I shouldn't say, whatever that, whatever that may be. Got to get to the root of the problem. You may have a worldly issue around you, but you might have, a, more likely, you got a spiritual issue inside of you, and you got to have a spiritual solution for that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile not just you, but many, your families, your coworkers, your community. It d- never stops with just you. And I love this from James, this amazing promise. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. This past weekend, I had a funeral—or funeral had a wedding. <laughs> had a wedding I was doing here at the church. And so Friday night, we, I was here pretty late with going through the rehearsal, and we had just finished up the rehearsal. And uh, I'm not sure if you remember the weather Friday night, but it was—it was pretty bad. It was just raining. It just rained for hours and hours and hours. And so we're walking. We were—we did the wedding outside, and so we're walking up up here to the church to look around the facility in case we needed to use it as a fallback plan. But as we came up to the facility, there was a man here, and he was a homeless man who had been walking down the street. And, he, and I, we, we rarely get those people here at the church just because of our location. There isn't any public transportation out here. It's not safe to try to walk here. But he had made his way up to the property, and so I quickly showed the family around the church, and then I went to this gentleman and began to talk to him. His name is Sam, and Sam shared with me the addiction issues that he's had. He shared with me the struggles that he's had in life. He's all by himself. He's from California, he's here. He's trying to get down south a little ways where he said he had some contacts. And then he was just telling me how he never seems like he he never seems to have a place to go because everywhere he goes there's always temptation there. He said, "I go to the library and I feel like if I go to the library everything's going to be okay there, but then I go to the library and if you've ever lived this life or know people that have been in that life, they can always find the drugs." And he said, "I go to the library and I think I'm going to find books and I find drugs. I can't get away from this stuff." And so he just said, "The devil just continually grabs a hold of me and just keeps tempting me and I keep struggling and falling and he's just sharing his heart and I said Sam I said man you know what though I'm hearing you on everything you're saying but you could have kept walking down that road and you would have been on that path and it might have eventually gotten you to where you're trying to go but it probably would have led you to some other places but instead of continuing to walk down that road you walked up to this church And Sam, I'll be honest, I am never, nobody is ever here at eight o'clock on a Friday night. That never happens. So this moment is happening for you because you've decided to come near to God and God is coming near to you. And so we, as I say, all of us here, because those of you that contribute to this church, we gave him some money, we gave him some clothes because everything he had was soaking wet. And I said, Sam, You're going to leave here, and you're going to head down that same path. But, man, you ain't on that same path anymore. You don't have to go to these other places and get caught up in these other temptations. Because right now the devil is running from you and what it is that God is calling you to do. And so we prayed together, and I sent him off. And here's the thing. You won't change the path that you're on. I mean, we just don't. We go to the same schools, we go to the same stores, you come to church, you go to your, uh, where you work at. Those are all paths that you take, and that's okay. But just because you're on that path, that doesn't mean that you have to be, spiritually speaking, on the same path. And when you allow God to just grab a hold of you, the devil flees. His word has promised us that he will flee from you, and those strongholds are broken down, and you get to experience that victory that's in Christ. I'm going to pray with you, and if you need someone to pray with you, I want to invite you and encourage you. We'll have leaders off to the side here. They'll be happy to pray with you, Um, and if you're somebody who would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we would love to talk to you about that as well. So let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll go into this time of worship and invitation. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the victory that we have in Christ and the grace that you've given us in him. Uh, and Lord, I pray for those, those men that were away at that retreat, Father, that their hearts and their minds would be changed because of that time. I pray for Sam, Father, as he's journeying now. Protect him from the evil one. May he lean into your promises. And I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that your promises would take hold of us and, your strong, and the strongholds of the evil one would be broken down, Father. May we be single-minded upon you. In the name of Jesus, amen. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.